When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you. It's not me. It's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. Hey there, welcome to episode 346 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and I am excited to bring you today a conversation with the Find Your Food Voice team where we are talking about the most wonderful time of year. (laughs) And I say that with a lot of different nuance and layers to it. We are going to be unpacking holidays and food, diet talk, body talk, just things that come up for us when trying to redirect or block certain diet conversations, how to make room for what you need, the boundaries that you need, and you know all the other things in between. We also talk about, I don't know, the foods that we love most during the holidays. So it is a fun conversation and I don't want to waste any more time to get to it. But real quick, a quick book update. Um, and the Find Your Food Voice book, of course, is slated to be released January of 2025. And I have just, as of yesterday afternoon, finished chapter four. Woo! I'm so excited because um, I'm almost halfway done. Like that is just mind blowing to me. And I have been, like I mentioned in the last episode, I have been listening to more podcasts on just how to work through a lot of the self-talk and self-doubt that comes with writing. And if you are a creative in any way, or you do writing, maybe podcasting, I have a feeling you can relate to it. Um, But, oh gosh, I can't remember the person's name. AJ Harper, I think is this person's name. And a lot of the things that AJ writes talks about 
how our self-doubt when it comes to expressing ourselves, it's really a default. Like it's not something that we can really expect to be gone. And what she says is it's a lot of it is just like gravity, like just expect it to be there and find a way to work through it. And I like that for me because again, like I mentioned in a previous episode, just noticing it there, I want to do a lot to like not internalize it. And I want to like get this book done and bring it to the world. And so that has been really useful for me. So if you want to stay on top of all the progress, you can do that at julieduffydillon.com slash book. Um, I haven't been as active in my email newsletter. There is a lot going on in this world, as we all know. And also it's winter or almost winter <laughs> where I live. And the combination of both of those, I kind of have set my wintering kind of way of doing things a little bit earlier. And I just knew I needed that. And so some things like sending emails out, it just hasn't been what I have wanted to do. I didn't think it was also necessarily how we all need to be using our bandwidth. Um, And I wanted to use that bandwidth to write when I was going to do that and also stay engaged and all of the things to make sure that collectively we are taking care of ourselves. But I anticipate once January comes, I will be doing more going on live on TikTok and going on live to do co-working sessions as I'm writing. Right now, the writing has been more a little bit each day instead of reserved chunks of time, which is just working for me right now. So I wanted to be transparent on that in case you're like, well, I haven't seen Julie on TikTok Live in a while. Well, there's just a reason. It's because I have been trying to just do what I need to do to get through the season of wintering. And before we move on to a sponsor break, when you hear that word wintering, if you're like, what the heck is that? Uh, we did record an episode. Yelly Cruz and I recorded an episode on that last year. So we will put a link to that in the show notes for you. And the concept of wintering and centering rest and just noticing your needs is also a big part of our holiday conversation. So we'll get to it after a quick sponsor break. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. 
So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Holiday Chat. Hey. How are you doing? Doing good. We are here with Rachel and Colleen, uh, the Find Your Food Voice team. And I think every year we need to do this. We need to unpack all the complexities of holidays and food bodies. And I'm glad as always to be able to, to chat with you. So let's get started. Yes. I think, you know, what's something that is just like interesting to to move through as we talk about this is just how things have evolved since you know I started my own body journey and maybe Rachel you feel this way too but mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. my reaction to like just holiday chat with family and my like the way that I take it in is so different now than it was maybe you know 5 or 6 years ago so I think that's super interesting and I think we have a lot of really incredible talking points we want to move through today. So uh, without further ado, I'll I'll kick us off here and, and pass it on to Rachel and uh, just talking about, you know, we, we wanted to provide you all some tools to help with not only coping with some of those fa- family dynamics during the holidays, but also some of the diety talk that comes up during the holidays and just provide you some tools for your tool belt as we usually like to do to move through that. So Rachel, like what comes to mind for you during the holidays with your family or friends, or it can be anybody, it can be strangers for, you know, it can be anyone uh, when, when things come up and you know, what, what do you want to share and, and talk about uh, in our chat today? Yeah, so it's it's interesting that you said that ha- your reaction to kind of the holiday dynamics has shifted since you've been on your your body acceptance journey. And I, I totally feel that. I think when I, you know, six, seven years ago, whenever, like I kind of started digging into, um, you know, fat liberation and body acceptance and kind of like unlearning all of the diet culture stuff when I was around other people who wanted to talk about diet culture, I felt like it was my job to like argue and like make everyone Mm. like see Mm -hmm. the difference and, and, and change their minds. And I was like, so gung ho on being the one to like educate everyone. And for myself, at least I've come to learn that that's not sustainable and that's and it's not always the time and place to do that for me at least and so as the years have gone on and I feel like holidays are a time when when the diet culture the good bad food all of that stuff is really like so prevalent I have mm-hmm. found that like doing things like redirecting the conversation or ch- just like changing the subject and even if it's like an mm-hmm. abrupt mm-hmm. kind of like clunky conversation shift, I'll just do it. I'll just be like, so like, 
What movies have everyone seen lately? Like just Uh interject and change the conversation. Something else that I like to do is kind of if, if there's a, if there's a conversation that's very diety and I don't feel like I want to interject, kind of practicing mindfulness, um, doing some grounding or using like affirmations with myself. Mm -hmm. My favorite one being, um, my body is, is the least interesting thing about me. And just like saying that to myself and kind of withdrawing and being in myself, either, either physically leaving the room and taking a break, or if I don't feel like I can do that, just kind of going within myself, um, I find really helpful. Um, and then lastly, I would say, um, checking in with my support system that I know when it comes to diet culture stuff like Colleen is a huge <laughs> is a huge support system in my life and so knowing like ahead of time being like hey Colleen I'm doing my family yeah. Thanksgiving today and like knowing that I can text her and just like check in and and get the support I need is super helpful sometimes it's just like an eye roll emoji back that can like do a world of wonder <laughs> for for your own support. I feel like that's how I feel like, you know, when, when I send things to you, because Rachel is also my support person, like just getting back like a WTF, (laughs) like eye roll, like can be enough, you know? So Julie, I know um, you had mentioned kind of in our pre-prep conversations about this, about kind of permission. And I think that ties into what Rachel is talking about a little bit. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And um, it was so lovely, Rachel, to hear how things have shifted over the years. I mean, just, uh, and I'm so glad that like a listener got to hear that because um, so many people knew mm-hmm. on like rejecting diets or even naming them as these like things. I often, um, there's like this burden that so many folks will just carry then is like, okay, I have to like be really a hundred percent rejecting all diets and a hundred percent of the time telling people how harmful this is. And Hey, if that's something that is in your wheelhouse, like maybe you're an eight on the Enneagram and you just can do that. Like, <laughs> I love the eights for that reason. Um, but <laughs> none of us represent that number. I don't think, and Rachel, I don't think that you're an eight. I mean, I know that. <laughs> That um, I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever like said what yours is, but I would just say, nope, it's probably not eight. Um, and um, I think having permission to just and to be in the moment, like that's the biggest thing of like um, framing, like finding your food voice. I is like whatever in the moment you need to do is what you need to do, and that may look yeah. different depending on who you're with. Um, time of day, time of cycle, mm-hmm. um, it, time of year, it could be so many different things. And that's not a bad thing. It's just like, that's just living, right? Um, it would be different, I think. It would be probably more all or nothing if, and not needing to have permission if there was not this like diet culture thing walking around unchecked, right? So, so yeah, I'm a big oh, fan yeah. of permission. And I think you just like showed us Rachel like this is what it is to like live in the present or like try to I mean I'm not going to be absolute with it because you know we're all this we're all trying to do our best and like to have lots of compassion so that's yeah that's yeah. what I think about um and like the holiday time in general is like where can you add permission is 
always going to be a great thing. And that's probably the only black and white answer I'll say. <laughs> permission is always good. <laughs> permission for, you know, just doing whatever you can. If you need to disassociate, <laughs> if you need to walk out the room, if you need to make some snarky yeah. comment, if you need to like engage in the conversation just to stay safe in that moment, you do what you need to do, you know? So I don't know if y'all have any reaction to that, but that to me is like, I don't know, I'm ride or die on that permission piece. Yeah, I think when I hear you say taking permission, I think that also goes hand in hand with boundaries. And Mm -hmm. I think that um, something that I've been doing a lot of work in is figuring out, it's hard to set boundaries when you don't know what your needs are. So Mm, even just recognizing what your needs are in the moment or just taking a moment to, if you don't recognize your needs, to recognize, hey, I actually don't know what I need right now. And and that's all right. It's okay. Like we said, permission to walk away, like permission to do whatever. But I've really been trying to come back to, hey, I wonder why, A, I didn't feel like I knew what my needs were in that moment. Or B, now I recognize, now that I've walked away, I recognize what my needs are, which means I probably need to set some boundaries because my needs are feeling like they're not being met because I haven't set any boundaries around what those needs are. And Rachel, I know you mentioned uh, kind of in our pre-conversation chat about setting boundaries with folks. And I was wondering like, being someone that's not great at setting boundaries, like how do you go about doing that? So I think when I, it, it's gotten easier over the years with practice. And it, that's something that I, I've, I've talked about before. I love boundaries, but I've been working with them, working on them with my therapist for years and years and years. And I think something for me that's, that's really important, especially if I'm like going to interact around the holidays with like a newer group of people. I mm-hmm. find that setting a boundary ahead of time and often via text because it just feels safer and I can kind of craft mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty general, like something like, you know, I'm, I'm working really hard on my relationship with my body and food and like really would prefer if we just didn't bring up like body related topics this year. Like it just something kind of vague in general and just a request like this is something that will help me feel safe. Um, I yeah. find that people are generally pretty receptive. And even if like, you know, it still happens, it's easier to kind of feel like in the moment I can say something or I kind of it almost feels like I give myself more permission to do the like walking away if I've already set the boundary and people aren't respecting that boundary. Um, yeah. I feel like I have more permission to step out of the room than maybe I would if, if I hadn't already set the boundary. Like I would question, you know, are people wondering where I'm going or, you know, am I being weird? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I think... I think the the setting the boundaries ahead of time via text for me is is really helpful and I know that with boundary setting step number 1 is like saying like this is what I, I I'm expecting to happen but that second part mm-hmm. of it like the consequence I find is 
more difficult and I find still challenging mm-hmm. that like holding up that. And if you're not going to respect that, I'm going to leave or I'm going to walk away or whatever it may be. Um, and so I think just giving yourself grace if you try and set a boundary and then you don't do you don't stick strong to it again giving your permission giving yourself permission to do what you can in the moment i think is really important yeah i think that's really really hard yeah. work too like that um i can yeah. appreciate that it's probably evolved over time and have you found like setting those boundaries does it feel any easier as you replicate them like as you do them it it does and i mean i generally get together with, you know, the, the groups of, of family members and friends that I see around the holidays is pretty much the same. And so it's definitely gotten easier over years because people are just more used to it. And like, I don't even really need to verbally Mm -hmm. say those boundaries for the most part, people just know that that's my stance and respect it. Yeah. I love that, Rachel. And I think that like deserves like a little round of snaps, like, because it takes a while to get there. And like some of you that may be listening might be, you know, at the very start of this or might not be at that spot yet. And that's okay. Like it's, it's totally okay wherever you are because, you know, Rachel has set up those boundaries. Like, like she said, she's met with some folks that already know her, her boundaries and her limits and, and respect those now. And I think that's incredible. I, haven't had that same experience because I have not historically been great at setting boundaries. It's something that I'm working on. But that means that I have a different arsenal for uh, tools that I use. And mine is usually a sassy response um, (laughs) because I am a sassy lady. And I think that, you know, lots of comments that come up around the holidays, like, I'm already feeling like sassy around the holidays. Like, I love the holiday season. So like, it's it's easier for me to respond sometimes in that way. So I just want to share some of those with you. It, feel free to use them. Like, don't use them. Feel free to use what works best for you. You know, maybe you're not as sassy as this lady, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so something that comes up a lot or like a comment that comes up a lot in conversations from family members, unfortunately, is, wow, it looks like you put on some weight since the last time I saw you. Um, and... For me, I have a couple of responses. I, one, can respond with, yep, and then walk away. Um, <laughs> Do you use that kind of like energy too behind it? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Because <laughs> um, I just think like, I we shouldn't be commenting about people's bodies anyway. But, you know. Well, I agree. I think it's your theatrical training too that is like helping that snark to be extra points. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, we live in a society that is ingrained (laughs) in diet culture. And oftentimes I know like it's not coming from a place of like, well, I hope that it's not coming from a place of loathing, but I think that people just comment on things that they notice without really Mm -hmm. thinking about the how how it can affect you. So that's one of my responses. I will also say something like, oh, "Yeah, I'm happy. Thanks for noticing." Um, so because I I really feel like um, love it. You know, sometimes certain correlations with like one way over another can can come up for people, and I like folks to know like, yeah, 
I'm, I'm happy, like exactly where my body's at. Thanks for noticing. Like, so I think that, you know, that can be a little sassy response. Something else that has come up a lot and can be related to diet culture in a way is, um, this, uh, kind of path of sobriety as well. Um, so sometimes when I'm with family, like I don't feel comfortable drinking. I, I want to kind of have my wits about me. Um, and I think that that's, you know, wherever you are in your own journey with, um, you, you know, drinking alcohol or not drinking alcohol during the holidays. Um, sometimes I'll get like, oh, you're not drinking anymore. What a bummer. Or like, oh, you don't want to be part of the party. Like, that's, that, that's a real bummer. And so I think that mm. you can respond with that as well with like, um, you know, right now I really love connecting to people through a meaningful conversation. And sometimes I just don't feel like I can do that as well when I'm drinking. Um, it, and it can be anything, you know, you can say like, yeah, I just really want to be like present with everyone and, and spend the night in a way that makes me feel good. And right now this is making me feel really good. So it doesn't always have to be sassy. It can be, you know, a loving response. But I think that that also kind of can get tied into just like societal norms and things like that and can go hand in hand with diet culture. So, um, and, you know, kind of the, the, the last thing I'll say is like whatever sassy response or non-response you come up with, like do something that feels right for you in the moment. Like not all of my responses are going to feel like Mm -hmm. the right response for you, but just knowing that, you know, if you do respond or you do walk away, like both of those are totally fair options. Right. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I love those. Like, I wish we could like carry around your voice saying those responses. And so people push play. Yes. I don't know if, if two of you struggle with this at all, but like, um, I think in times of stress, you know, the flight or fright kind of response, I think I'm one of those people that goes into like the fawn, like where I just am like a deer in headlights and freeze. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I find like, you are so eloquent, Colleen, like you, like the way you, um, do that. And I think again, like that's part of your strength. And I'm like, I, I never can remember all the sequence of what I want to include. So it either mm-hmm. ends up becoming this very long kind of thing that wanders around and people have already checked out. Um, or I just can't <laughs> think of anything. And, and sometimes there are folks that are close enough to me that I can feel like I can disagree, you know? And, um, what I have found myself doing a lot because I can't remember what I want to say a lot of times in the moment is I'll just say, oh, and just like, like kind of like a, oh, like, you know, whatever comment that they're making about someone's body, my body, the food. Like, I'm like, I am not going to be giving you any subtle encouragers, but I'm going to acknowledge yeah. that I heard what you said. Yeah. Um, and some of my very close friends they know when they hear me say, oh, that I am like in a mode of like, I am really against what you said. <laughs> like they know yeah. it's my like coded language of like, yep. fuck <laughs> off. Um, but I'm in a setting where I can't tell you to fuck off. And I also am feeling a bit triggered. So I can't think of what to say. So I want to say something. Oh, um, yeah, like that's a big whenever people have made comments about my body's my body over the years. That oh has been yeah. the big response for me. So yeah. You anyway. know what else trips people up is if you respond with another question. Like yes, if someone yes. says something yes. to you and you're like, Oh, what made you say that? 
Yes, that's another one. Yes, I love that one. Oh, that is good because people are like, ooh, uh, wait, why uh, did I, actually I say don't that? Know. Why did I say that? And then it makes, I think it takes a moment like and helps them think a little bit more about like, oh, yes, I actually don't quite know why I said that. Yes. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of minimization in response to it. Like, oh, I was just curious. I'm like, huh, what made you curious about it? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And you know what I find for me is like having those like really throwing a question back or the, oh, or just like something small. It kind of helps like stop it in the moment, which is like a lot of us, that's what we're wanting is like, we just don't want to perpetuate yeah. this as like a norm and um, yeah. further harm whether that's harming yourself or someone else in the room um, or just perpetuating the shitty side of um, weight bias. But what I find is like some people are like, oh, wait, why did I ask that? And they're like wanting to have a discussion, you know? And so then it can really Mm -hmm. be a conversation Mm -hmm. that ends up being very fruitful. And I would imagine some of the friends um, and people that you've been sharing holiday meals with Rachel that you kind of shared, like having that conversation over text. I have a feeling it probably did shape their, at least one person, you know, helped them to be like, well, maybe dieting isn't this great normal thing, you know? And I I bet for all of us, that's something that's become a part of it is like some other people have also then moved into the path of rejecting diets. And it's not like our individual burden, but it is fucking fantastic when we help flip somebody. So, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's any kind of pre leading up to the holidays work we can do. Something I'll share that came up in in my own friend group. We do a Friendsgiving every year and ours is on the horizon. And um, something that comes up a lot is like the dishes that are being served. So like lots of people will be like, oh, I'll bring this, I'll bring this. And it is so, it's such an innocent thing, but something I always think about when someone's like, oh, but we need a like green salad or we need a like, you know, everything's very starchy or very buttery. Like we need to like cut that with something and someone needs to bring a different side. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it, part of that is because people really like salads and like, I like salads too, but I do sometimes wonder like, you know, why is it like for one meal out of the year, especially for Thanksgiving, like, what does it matter what like sides we bring? Like maybe someone doesn't want to bring a salad or like someone doesn't want to bring spinach or Brussels sprouts or, you know, whatever the thing might be. Um, so it's just something to think about. I'm not saying like, it's, it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like, it's just interesting that like these conversations happen. Um, Rachel and Julie, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I mean, I think it's, I think it's interesting because I totally see where you're coming from, from a, like, you know, a a diet culture. And that's the lens of like, we need to have a quote unquote balanced meal, like at Thanksgiving, but putting on my, like my chef hat, I'm such a big proponent of having a salad Uh at Thanksgiving because not because we like (laughs) quote unquote need greens, but because there is so much like fat that goes into cooking a Thanksgiving meal to like give your palate a break. I think having like an acidic Cleanser, crunchy yeah. thing is so important just to make the meal taste more pleasant. Um, <laughs> and so it's, yeah, but I know that most people aren't thinking 
like through that lens when they say when they say like, like oh we need more vegetables mm-hmm. or oh we need a salad at the table um so yeah it was just just like a funny little little thing that came to mind as you're saying that well now i cannot think, stop thinking about your chef hat so like can you show us at some point the chef hat that you have? I know you were maybe not being literal, but like I'm picturing the big, tall, you know, chef hat. Yes. No, I think that's a really interesting observation, Colleen. And uh, diet, like, or just food conversations, there's so much nuance, right? Like, that's why we can't be black and white about it. And we each may have different boundaries and we each may feel like, maybe trigger is too strong of a word, but like maybe like we each can kind of feel this like touching of some kind of sore place from different things, you know? Um, Yeah. I just, uh, I almost, it's almost like a cliche though, like a lot of the holiday talk, depending on which holiday you're celebrating. But like, I feel like there's this like leading up to um, the holiday and preparing it that so many people are talking about like, how they're going to restrict or how they're going to start something after. And there's so much conversation about the before and after that like there's like a checking out during. Like, was there ever a moment that you actually enjoyed those mashed potatoes? Yeah. The the plate of like, um, I don't know what color they all end up being, but like off-white, brown kind of colored, I don't know, like turkey, mashed potatoes. I'm picturing all those things on my plate. Love all of those with gravy on all of them. So, oh my God, I'm totally salivating. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm getting really excited. Oh, salivating. Amelie's is like, all right, we're ready. Let's do this. I don't know if you all know about that, but that's where digestion begins. Hmm. Wow. And just talking about food, <laughs> that when you feel the little pinch and you're salivating, it's your body's starting to like send you some hormones to break down carbohydrate. So let's get our mashed potatoes ready. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any things that, um, whether it's Friendsgiving or any like holidays in November, December, are there any foods that are like your favorite, favorite? Like this is not on our agenda for this conversation, but it just made me start to think about like, yeah. And also like, I'm starting to think about mashed potatoes and gravy. I think that's what it is. But yeah, is there something that you're like, oh my gosh, yes, this is the food that I'm most looking forward to? Oh, so many of them. (laughs) I know I'm like trying to... The hesitation so wasn't many. that there yeah. aren't any. It was like, I don't so know what many. to choose. I don't know what the to choose. Like- I can, this is yeah. what's coming to mind. Stuffing. I love stuffing. Ooh. I make it. Are you a dry or a wet stuffing person? On the wetter side. Yes. Okay, me too. All right. I, I make a butternut squash and sage stuffing that I love. Like love, love, love. Oh. For Hanukkah, mm-hmm. I love latkes more than, I mean... Any sort of fried potato, like, let's be honest, but latkes with applesauce. I love latkes too. Yes. And then if we're feeling really fancy Mm. for Christmas, we do a beef wellington, which is like, I always say would be my like last meal if I could pick a last meal. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what's coming to mind for me. Anything for you? Those, all those things. Yeah. Sounds so good. Um, A lot of mine are tied to family memories. So they're like really special like dishes that you know, our, our only holiday dishes, like my Gaga, who is my grandmother, had the stuffing mm-hmm. that's like our family stuffing. We make it every year. And it's just like, it's like 
this is the smell and the mm. vibe of oh, like so Gaga's house. Um, and so that's really special too. And then my mom for Christmas always makes um, one year we like, I don't know what happened exactly. I don't even know the origin story of this, but it's called ambrosia salad. And it's like this like mix of like, m- like marshmallows and fruit. And like, it sounds really weird and like cool with like, it sounds like, like very mm-hmm. weird, but it's something that I love. And one year we started calling it Framfrosia and now it's like forever called Framfrosia. So there's just like <laughs> these like family. That's a very common dish where I'm living in the Southeast like that. I don't know. I don't know what the name of it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so funny to me because Colleen, like you live yeah. on the East coast, but you're from California. And I think of that as very like Midwestern mm-hmm. or Southern, like Midwest. it's confusing totally. to me that that's a family thing for you. It makes no sense that this is at our <laughs> table. Totally, um, and I think it comes from I think her best friend. Yeah. Like that was a thing that they always made. So I think it like yeah. you know things like pass around and like mm-hmm. end up like part of your family tradition. So yeah, mine are really tied to like more like memories and food than I think like the actual food itself. Yeah, I think that's for a lot of us. That's what ends up happening. And um, yeah, the besides mashed potatoes, which my sister-in-law, she makes are the most amazing mashed potatoes. And I don't know exactly what she's putting in them, but they're delicious. And um, but the one that like food memory that comes to mind, um, and I don't know if I have a feeling y'all have seen these, but I don't know if you've really had the true essence of what these are but in ohio you know it's the buckeye state have y'all like tried buckeyes Mm -mm. before Mm -hmm. um so i feel like i i get them sometimes in the south and they don't they're too manufactured but you know it's just like a peanut butter with chocolate around it um and they look like little buckeyes um and that's just like a very like winter holiday thing that people make at home. And so I do think about Ohio whenever I have them. Um, in the years where we didn't travel much over um, holidays, because we just had like young kids, my parents would bring me like a stash and I would never tell anyone in my family that they were there. Like, they were. Joy- I don't know if it was a problem, but I was definitely hoarding them. They were- well, because, you know, I don't think they appreciated like so much of like how like important they were and also like how good they were. And, you know, some kids, they don't have a preference between something that is like a Reese peanut butter cup, which is fabulous. I've been taking those from all the holiday candy <laughs> stashes and a Buckeye. And so I'm like, I'll give them all the Hershey or not Hershey, uh, Reese cups. Um, and, you know, I will keep these because they're not worthy yet. <laughs> they are mine. Um, so I do always get a stash of those. That's like the one thing I ask for from Ohio, from my parents. It's like, get me a stash. from And because somebody will make a bunch. Oh, yeah. I love this conversation. I forgot. I forgot one too. I forgot one that I have to say because Rachel's on the call. This, this year, like at, every year, I don't know when she first made them. I think mm. maybe 2020. She made these like ginger cookies that are my favorite cookie of all time. Mm. Um, and she shipped them to me last year and they, Max doesn't like ginger. So I get to eat (laughs) them all by myself. Um, and so it's kind of like you mentioned the like hoarding of your Buckeyes. Like those are my Rachel's ginger (laughs) cookies. Like, and she also sent me the recipe and I will never make them because I, (laughs) I only want Rachel's ginger cookies. 
cookies. I don't want my own ginger. I want Rachel's ginger cookies. So um, yeah, that goes on the list. Are there like ginger pieces in it? Is it like that kind of ginger cookie? No, they're they're like a like a chewy ginger molassesy cookie that I like Ooh. roll in demerara, so like a coarser sugar. So they've got they're like so oh, good. they're really good. And I so at one point last year, this is just a total <laughs> tangent. Now we're talking about cookies. I love where this is going. I, <laughs> I like decided I was going to be one of those people who had like frozen cookie dough in the freezer, so I could just like pop it in the oven whenever I wanted a fresh cookie. And I made a ton of those ginger cookies, but I have a chest freezer, so sometimes things get lost in it. And <laughs> yesterday, just found a whole gallon-sized bag full of frozen ginger cookies. So I'm I'm very excited. Oh, you should see Colleen dancing and so happy right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm dancing. Hey, hey, hey. I know I will yeah. reap the benefits of that lost bag of ginger cookies. See how I do with the freeze. I'm sure they're going to be fabulous. That's so great. I'm sure they'll still be delicious. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, this <laughs> yes. conversation has been a delight. And just, you know, in the last couple minutes that we have here, it, what's one thing you want the listener to walk away with? You want to start, Colleen? How about you start? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that, you know, it's super important to give yourself grace in the moment. Um, so as these holidays come around, they're already stressful. Like, Anything you can do to protect your peace is just, I think, like the solid route to take. So whatever that means for you, like I would just encourage you to, yeah, give yourself grace and um, ease. That would be my takeaway. Um, I would just say, I think we've given, you know, tons of different tools and a reminder that not every tool is going to work for you and, and there are different instances where different tools will work. And so there's nothing wrong with trying them all on and seeing how they work and just noticing, you know, this is something I found really helpful and this is something that I didn't. And that is okay. And it's all an experiment and a learning and a growing um, space, this anti-diet space that we are all trying to, to live in. 100%. Yeah. That kind of goes on what I'm thinking about was, um, I, I wrote this down when you said, Colleen, it's hard to set boundaries when you don't know what your needs. And for a listener who is maybe newer to this or just maybe like this year wants to try to do a little bit different with boundaries, I hope you do give yourself space and permission and compassion for like just finding your way, like and learning what your way is and what you need and being okay if you need to pivot, take a break, whatever it may be. And um, yeah, I really appreciate this discussion. Um, I'm going to go eat my lunch. It's only 11, but I'm going to go eat my lunch. Um, not that we need the clock, right? But my, after talking about these things, I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready to eat now. And um, if you are looking for more support, I do have a blog post that we'll put in the show notes and it's uh, julieduffydillon.com slash holiday survival guide. It just has a couple pointers um, for more things if you're looking for ways to help um, I don't know just take care of yourself when things get a bit chaotic and thank you Colleen and Rachel for your conversation it's always lovely to chat and happy holidays <laughs> you know enjoy happy holidays 
Yeah. And as always, if things come up for you, feel free to reach out to us uh, and, and reach out via email. We would love to hear from you. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you all. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the holiday-themed conversation with Rachel and Colleen. We had so much fun after we finished recording. We laughed and laughed um, about all the things uh, about like all the foods that we enjoy and holiday memories and stuff. So thank you, listener, for helping us to connect. And I look forward to connecting with you next week when we will have a new Find Your Food Voice episode for you. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.